Hey, everybody. Welcome back to our podcast. Welcome back. Welcome back. Yeah. So we are going to pick up where we left off last week discussing true, true intimacy. intimacy killers. Yeah. So true intimacy killers. But then we're going to pick up where we left up. <laughs> intimacy killers. Oh, you got to love us. You got to love yes. us. Yes. So welcome back to our podcast. And here we go. Here we go. Thank you. So intimacy killers, secrets. Uh Uh-oh. One of the first things that we want to talk about is having secrets. We we kind of touched on this a little bit last week when we talked about that person at work. Uh Uh-oh. That that my work husband or my work wife, Mm -hmm. that person that you allow in your personal space. And we don't mean physically if someone has to come in your office, but we're talking about in... The innermost in your heart, in your heart, yes. So you want to make sure that you don't have that secret person, or or secrets from secrets. your spouse, yeah. because that could certainly block intimacy. Because there's kind of a, a wall there preventing that person to be intimate with you, your spouse, your husband, your wife. Mm-hmm. Uh, another one is infidelity. That secret person at work. That so-called work husband, which there is no such thing, no by such the way. Thing. Work husband um, or work wife. You know, at first, oh, we just cool. We going out to lunch together. Oh, now we're just sharing innermost feelings. Mm-hmm. Oh, now we're meeting somewhere. Or maybe and, you haven't even gotten to that point, but you're thinking yeah. about it. And it may not even start out that way. It may just start out somebody bringing you a bottle of water. Yes. That, that may just be... Just something innocent, and it just goes from there. Yes, because that day you was mad at your spouse, and then that person did something that your spouse didn't do, 80-20. So they brought you a bottle of water, but now they're just they're just the greatest gift yeah. uh, to you because they brought you a bottle of water. Or they gave you a piece of gum. Or I don't they, know who said who Or said they complimented that. your outfit. Who said that? Um Somebody said that uh, somebody gave him a piece of gum or a Tic Tac or whatever. And it was like, they just gave you that because your breath stink. <laughs> it wasn't that, <laughs> was that they were thinking of just that your breath right, stink. Right, maybe anyway. they Maybe they went to the vending machine and two waters came yeah. down and they walked by your office like, here, here's a water. Yeah, maybe you look dehydrated. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Please don't read more into it than there actually is. So be careful of that. Uh, infidelity. It, this could be physical or it could be an emotional <laughs> affair with another person. You don't have to be physical for it to be in an affair or for it to be infidelity. Anytime you let somebody into a space that reserve, that is reserved for your spouse, that is teetering on infidelity. Don't share innermost thoughts and innermost feelings with that individual. That's not healthy and that's going to kill intimacy in your marriage. I know in the Bible for men, it says if you look at her a certain way or the wrong way, you've already um, committed adultery mm-hmm. in your heart. I'll find that scripture. I'll get it for you next week. But I know for us guys, that's what the Lord told us. Yes. Look at him a certain way. Oh, Lord. Yes. Yes, back in the Bible days, they'll pluck your eye out. (laughs) You look the wrong way. So you got to be careful. Mm -hmm. You got to be careful because the eye is the light. 
to your heart. Yes. So you got to be careful what you let in your eye gates and what you let in your ear gates that compliment. It went in your ear and it went into your heart and then it turned into something totally different. Mm-hmm. So you got to be careful about those things. Another one, pornography. Pornography is definitely an intimacy killer because now you're watching something on the screen and this is for females and for males, husbands and wives. You're watching something and then now you're expecting your spouse to do what you saw on the screen or to be that person you saw on the screen. Now you want your spouse to swing from the chandelier or or to spin from the ceiling fan. <laughs> and it's not going to happen. We're laughing, but, it's, but it's, these are real issues. Yes. So you I don't gotta, make light of it. Yeah. And, you know, we chuckle, but this is really serious information. Mm-hmm. And it's a serious topic. And there are a lot of people who struggle with pornography, whether they think they do or they don't. Um, you just got to be careful because as soon as you start letting that in, then you can block in intimacy in your relationship. And it could just spiral into so many other habits or problems. Yeah, that's, uh, well, pornography is not real. There's no telling how many right. takes, how many lights and cameras and whatever they did to pull off that scene. It's not real. And you're asking your spouse to be something that he or she is not. Yes. And I know... But it's me. like you're going down this imaginary place yeah. that you're trying to create this fantasy uh, land or mm-hmm. island or whatever you want to call it. And I know for me, um, early on in our marriage, in the early years, this is something I, I struggled with. The secrets is that I did not let you in to my world because... I thought I would lose me in the process. And I didn't understand. I didn't really, I didn't. I was immature, ignorant, whatever word you want to put there. Um, I didn't understand by letting you in that it made us stronger and not making me weaker. Mm-hmm. And so I had walls up. Um, I had secrets, um, cell phone. Like right now you have all my passcodes to my cell phone, email accounts, um, everything. I don't have any secret conversations. Uh oh, somebody out somebody out there saying, Shh, shh, don't give my husband any ideas. <laughs> I, don't I'm give just, my wife any ideas. I'm just telling you, intimacy because the num generally speaking, the number one um what's the word I'm looking for? Need. Need of a woman is security. That's generally speaking, the num- her number one need is to feel secure. And for guys, if you're keeping secrets from your wife, she's not going to feel secure because she knows something's up. Women's intuition, discernment, whatever you want to call it. She knows you're holding back from her. And so for me, you know, we've talked about it, you know, podcast, previous podcasts, we went through counseling and I understood certain things and we had to have real conversations, deep conversations Mm -hmm. and I remember for for me personally, we were sitting in church one Sunday and the Lord told me to change my my cell phone number in church on a Sunday. And so I changed my cell phone number in church on a Sunday, came home from church, called Verizon, changed my number. And I I didn't tell anybody I did it. I I just did it because 
I didn't want to have any secrets from my wife. And so I needed I needed to do that because it was a intimacy killer in our marriage. So um, secrets definitely will not help your marriage when it comes to intimacy. Yes. And uh, part of the thing, one of the things you was just talking about is um, vulnerability. You was afraid to allow me in Doug's world because you was also afraid to be vulnerable. Yes, I was. That if you let me in to a, to the innermost depths of your heart, mm-hmm. I might break it. I might hurt it. I might abuse it. Mm-hmm. I might misuse it. And so you got to have, when you marrying somebody, you have to trust. Oh. That's one of the things that, we can add to our list of intimacy killers is trust. You're going to have to be able to trust your spouse with your heart. When you get married, that's what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're trusting them with your heart. You're trusting them with you. You're trusting them totally and completely. And if you don't have that, that can block intimacy. Remember we talked about last week, intimacy is into me, you see. And you have to allow them to be able to see into you everything, the brokenness, the the happy parts, the sad parts, the, the good parts, the bad parts, everything. And I would ask a rhetorical question. Why would you marry somebody you don't trust? Mm. I, I know in our, in our case, we've done premarital counseling, marriage counseling. And even me, if I was to ask myself this question 30 years ago, you know, I don't even know what the answer would be, you know, 30 years ago. Like, why why would you marry somebody you don't trust? Why would you marry Renee and you don't necessarily trust her? But um, lack of trust is definitely an intimacy killer. Yes, yes. And why would I marry Doug if I didn't completely trust him? Mm -hmm. And honestly and truly, back then, we neither one of us knew what we were getting into. So we didn't know trust. We was just getting married. We didn't have a clue. We didn't have a clue. And so I feel like just for a second to stay on that topic, because I feel like somebody might say, well, when I married my spouse, I did trust them, but they broke that trust. Are they trying to rebuild the trust. And, and if they're not. Come back to what Elder Holder said. What happens when you realize the person you married is not the one. You become the one. You become the one. But in the process, go to counseling. Yes. That is what I would suggest. When I hear someone saying, I don't trust them now, communicate that to them. Explain why. Go to counseling. And you have to both want to go to counseling. It. One person cannot go to marriage counseling. You can go to counseling for yourself, but yes. you can't go to marriage counseling. And it's just one of the spot, just the husband or the wife. Yes. Cause, because there's two sides to every story. So if you're going to go, you go into work on you. You're not going to fix your spouse. Yeah. I'd say there's three sides. There's your side, the spouse's side, and somewhere in there is truth. <laughs> <laughs> right. Somewhere in between, there's the truth. So we talked about um, intimacy killers, secrets, 
We talked about lack of trust or misuse of trust. You want to go with unforgiveness? Unforgiveness, yes. Definitely a big one. Harboring ill feelings towards your spouse about something they did, something they didn't do, something they should have done. And chances are they don't even know because you didn't communicate that to them. Back to that word communication. And you're just holding on to something. Your spouse is clueless. They don't know why you walking around with attitude, why you can't be intimate with them. Are you Um, mad? Are you mad? You're holding on to resentment. Mm. You're mad at them for no apparent reason in their eyes. And what could end up happening is that you get this root of bitterness that sprang up in you. And a lot of times you didn't even realize it because you harbored it for so long. And it just got deeper and deeper and deeper, like a weed in the ground. If you ever tried to pull a weed out of the ground, you can't just pull it up with your bare hands, especially if it's been there a long time. You can get the right tools and dig, but you got to dig deep, 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 deep in that ground to get that weed out. And if you don't get all of that root, you think you got it out on the surface, but then you look back over time and you see that weed came back up. Mm -hmm. That root of bitterness pops back up. Something triggers it and all of a sudden you're upset again. You're angry again. You're mad. You're blocking intimacy. So you got to be mindful that of harboring ill feelings and unforgiveness can cause bitterness. And when you said uh, uh, root of bitterness and a weed in the ground, the first thing I thought of was our first house in Texas. So we grew up in the projects, New York City. We've always lived in apartments, whether it was in New York, Virginia, even in Texas when we first moved to Texas. Mm-hmm. And so our first house um, we moved into in Lancaster, Texas. Yes. Um, it had weeds in the ground. I didn't know anything about weeds. I didn't know anything about gardening. I didn't know anything about owning a home. All I knew was I'm not supposed to have these weeds on my grass, in on my yard. And so I, it was the summertime. I'll never forget it. It was blazing hot. Everybody in Texas understands what I'm about to say. And I'm out there in our yard, and I got my little spade, and I'm trying to dig up this weed. And the sun is beating down on me, and I'm trying to dig it up. And I know my neighbors are probably looking at me like, what are you doing? You know, you idiot. And (laughs) I'm just out there in the middle of the day trying to dig up these weeds, and I couldn't get it. I couldn't pull them up. Because the ground was hard, you know, it was it it was just hard and hot. And that's the only way I can, if you've ever been in Texas or in that type of temperature, you understand what I'm saying. And so it didn't dawn on me until after it rained that I can go out there with the same tool and get a lot more accomplished because of the, the rain, the water. And water in the Bible signifies... The Holy Spirit. So the Holy Spirit in you will, the Holy Spirit in you will allow you to go in and dig up those weeds that are in your heart, and you you can't do it on your own. Just like I couldn't go out in the yard and start digging up those weeds without the water, and so just you just allow my analogy just to you know permeate your brain. Ooh, I like that. Uh, <laughs> 
uh, you're going to need the Holy Spirit when it comes to unforgiveness, harboring unforgiveness. Because unforgiveness can be like a weight that you carry around yes. and you're not even realizing you're carrying it. And the Holy Spirit is the only person I know who can go back in your past and heal you of your past and help you in your present so you can have your future. And those secrets, unforgiveness, those are all different types of soul ties. Mm -hmm. Because if you're holding secrets on your spouse and you have your little work wife or work husband, you know, those soul ties are real. And it's going to be hard to dig those things up or let those things go. Yes. Yes. And the Bible says in Hebrews 3 and 8, harden not your hearts. That's the A clause. Harden not your heart. So the Bible is clear. Don't let your heart get hardened because it's going to take some time when your heart is hardened, just like um, when Pharaoh's heart was hardened. Um, I don't know what you're about to say. <laughs> Pharaoh's heart is hardened. He didn't want to let the children of Israel go. He didn't want to let the children of Israel yeah. go. So you don't want to get to that point where your heart is hardened and you're not open to anything. You're not open to change. You're not open to forgiving. That is um, crucial to having intimacy in your marriage. Mm -hmm. The next one is something we've been talking about since we started this podcast, communication. Poor communication is an intimacy killer. We think because we're talking to our spouse that we're communicating with them. And that's not necessarily true because just because you're talking to them doesn't mean it's effective. Are you talking to them in a way that they can receive it? Love language. Are you, yep. Are you respectful? Are you listening to your spouse? Are you just waiting while they are talking to jump in to say what you got to say? And I'm going to chime in real quick for the ladies, women, and some men do it too, but women, we have a lot to say. And a lot of times we have this need to get it off of our chest. And so we are never going to allow our spouses to com- communicate in a way that we can hear them if we have tuned them out with the voices mm-hmm. in our head of what we want to say. I have this saying, everything that pops in your head does not need to be said. So when you're sitting and you're listening to your spouse, and I do say listen, listen to them, listen to their heart, listen to what they're saying. Also inwardly say, God, help me to receive what my spouse is saying. What should I say? Should I respond? Maybe it's the time where you should shut up. Maybe it's the time where you need to just listen. Maybe there's only something that you should say and there's some things you should not say in that Mm -hmm. moment. So just make sure that your communication is good. You want to have the ability to tell your spouse what you need, and you want to have them have the ability to tell you what they need. Safe space. You want to have a space conducive to good communication. Mm -hmm. You want to make your your spouse comfortable with being able to come to you and share their heart. That's true intimacy. Or communication. We've been talking about that since we started this podcast. And I don't think we're going to talk about any subject in the future that doesn't have to deal with communication. Yes. And um, God is a God of communicating. He spoke the word, the world into existence, and we're going to have to communicate. And not only do I need to talk to you, I don't need to talk at you. 
I need mm-hmm. to be mindful of um, how I say things to you. And because I know I can be harsh and direct. And so. Who are you? <laughs> what? I know. I, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every now and then. So I, <laughs> <laughs> I know I can be. So um, we've been talking about poor communication since we started this podcast. And selfishness. That's another one. Yes. Selfishness. What about me? What about me? Gimme, gimme, gimme. I want, I want, I want. Mm-hmm. I want to have it my way. Like it's McDonald's. Yeah. You know, you want to have it your way. Or is that Burger King? Wrong, wrong one. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. I think have it your way is Burger King. My know. bad, y'all. Okay. Whoever it is, they're not sponsoring this podcast. So we just going to keep it moving. Yeah. Moving, <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> So um, having a little attitude or tantrum because you're not getting your way, that's going to block intimacy. We talked about this before. If you give your spouse what they need and your spouse gives you what you need, everybody's needs are met. That's true intimacy. Being selfless and not selfish. Um, Also lies, deception, deceiving Uh, your spouse, lying to them. Um, those are also intimacy killers for me personally. Um, the Lord had to deliver me from lying. There were certain lies I was taking to my grave and, um, through counseling, prayer, fasting, Renee and I had to have real conversations, deep conversations. And in some cases, uncomfortable conversations. Exactly. And you just have to understand that. Um, we're all on the same team. Well, I'm not going to say we're we're on the same team, my mm-hmm. spouse and I, uh, team dancer. And there are some, I know we didn't hit every intimacy killer. I know we didn't go no, through everything. No, but I would suggest we named a few for you. There might be some that you thought of when we were having this conversation. Yeah. I would suggest this week writing a list down of things that you find that are intimacy killers homework. in your marriage. Homework. Homework assignment. Um, write them down and then pray about it and then schedule time to have a conversation with your spouse. Mm-hmm. Don't wait until things are out of control or things are really bad. Have check-ins. Oh, Will you check in with your yes. spouse and you say, you know what? You know, let's just let's talk. How am I doing? So, on, you know, what what can I do? Survey your spouse. Yes. So I want to come back to poor communication, what you just said, check in. Wives, I'm going to help you out. I'm going to help out all the husbands. Please don't start your conversation with, we need to talk. Mm. Please, for the love of God and everything that's on this earth, do not start out, we need to talk. Because at that point in time, it's all downhill. So... Check-in conversations, those are the best conversations. Mm-hmm. Hey, like a, how's like everything a, doing? An oil change, yep. a tune-up. You just want to keep the the squeaky wheel turning. Yep. And so Bishop Brown has this saying, and um, I'm pretty sure he won't mind me saying it. I give, you know, I give him props. And if he does mind, I'm about to say it anyway. <laughs> we love you, Bishop. <laughs> <laughs> That's my man. Uh, change of place. Plus, plus, change of pace equals change of perspective. And so when you change your place, 
and you add change of pace, it's going to equal you changing your perspective. And so we understand COVID-19, everything's not open, but you and your spouse can get in the car, you can drive somewhere without the kids, and this is change of place. It's yeah. different Go county, different park, city, somewhere. Go to the mountains. Yeah. yeah. That's something we, we would do. We would just get in the car, go away for a weekend. And that changes your pace. And I'm a pause. I appreciate you doing that, changing our place. Um, because sometimes you'll say, you know what? It's been a while since we got away. Let's mm-hmm. you and me, let's just let's just get away. Let's take a make it a three day weekend mm-hmm. and get away. Even if we're not having a deep conversation when we go. Yeah. We still have time where we could talk on the drive and we could just enjoy each other's company and there's no distractions of everyday, you know, work and things that we have to do at home. And we're empty nesters and we still do that. Yes. Change of place. Change of place. Because you get comfortable in your own house and your own surroundings. Yeah. So once you change your place, then your pace slows down. Yes. You don't have all the meetings. You don't have your clients to train. You don't have work issues. You're not worrying about, you know, house or bills or whatever. Your your mind and body has slowed down. Yes. So now we can focus on each other. Yes, which is good, mm-hmm. which is good. Even though, and sometimes when we go away, we don't spend 100% of our time together. No, we don't. Because we still, our body clock is still the same. Rising. I get up early in the morning yes, you do. and I hit the gym. You so sure wherever do. we go. Uh, babe, check and make yep. sure that there's a gym in there. Yes, Lord. And I go and work out. And, and I, I stay in the bed. And he stays in the bed. <laughs> <laughs> and that works for us. Yep. And so that change of pace, and then you changes your perspective on marriage. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying this is in the Bible. I don't know if this is in the Bible, not in the Bible, but I know it works. It works for us, and I'm pretty sure it works for Bishop and Lady Beast. Um it just changes your perspective on marriage. Everything is not on a scale of one to 10, a 10. You know, your wife isn't all bad. Your husband isn't all bad. We don't like to use those words where all, never, you know, things like that. So it just helps. And then when you come back, we're a team dancer. Yes. You get yes, re-energized. Yes. And you know what? Even if it's not perfect, because I, I sense in my spirit somebody saying, hmm, you don't know my spouse. Mm. Hmm. You don't know my husband. You don't know my wife. We've been well, there. call those things that be not as though they were. Yes. Early in our marriage, and Doug had already said it, so I'm not saying anything he hasn't said. Um, he told lies, and there was trust issues in our relationship. But you know what? I begin to declare that my husband is a great man of God, that he loves me, that he respects me, that he speaks the truth to me, that he doesn't lie to me. And it took some time, but we got to that point. And so I was calling those things as though they were not in his face, but in my conversations with God, because I knew that there was a different man inside my husband. And so it's important to just have the ability to have a positive perspective. Even when things don't look great, you want to think on things that are lovely, pure, honest, just, and of a good report. If there is any virtue or any praise, think on those things. Think on positive things. And our first pastor, Pastor Glenn, Cedar Valley Christian Center. So you were Cedar Valley Family Church at the time. Yes. Shout out to Cedar Valley. 
where and, we first got saved yep. and our foundation beginning. Lancaster, Texas. Yes. He used to have a saying. If I'll someone if someone rubs you the wrong way, Just turn around and let them rub you <laughs> on the other side. <laughs> they'll rub you the right way. They'll rub you the right way if that's the wrong way. So I think we'll stop there. We will stop here. The first podcast was forty eight minutes. This is fifty four. Y'all Come got on. some more bonus stuff in here. Yes. So to God be the glory. We want to say, I'm going to say it this week. My husband usually says it. Doug usually says it. So I'm going to say, thank you so much. We love you guys. We appreciate you for taking time to listen to us. It means so much to us that we could be a blessing to you, that we could inspire, motivate, encourage, edify you. Uh, We don't take it for granted. We don't take it lightly. So we certainly do. Thank you uh, for tuning in. And we appreciate you. God bless. God bless. Thank you. Thank you for listening to our podcast. Tell your real friends and your virtual friends about us. We hope something that we said encouraged you, strengthened and blessed you. You can follow us on Instagram at Doug and Renee. Again, our Instagram page is Doug and Renee. Also feel free to send us a DM so that you could send us any questions that you may have or topics you'd like to hear us discuss. You may just hear it on one of our upcoming podcasts. We'd like to thank our supporters. And if you'd like to support our ministry, you can cash app us at dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, that cash app is dollar sign Doug and Renee. Again, thank you and God bless you. We're out.